Hello there, you're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions to this upcoming weekend. We'll also be announcing the results of the 2023 box office draft, and we'll be breaking down all the unpredictable twists and turns that this year had to offer. It was an exciting one, for sure. Let's start with some news. The Emmys were this past weekend, and it was pretty much just a solid repeat of the Golden Globes. We had Succession taking a sweep. We had The Bear taking a sweep. And we had Beef taking a sweep. And once again, after 53 nominations, Better Call Saul and Bob Odenkirk and Ray Seahorton walk away completely empty-handed. 53 nominations, zero wins. A new what record. A, what a sick joke absolutely ridiculous. this chicanery <laughs> true chicanery bob odenkirk almost died on the set of better call saul he had a heart attack he nearly died and then he recovered he came back delivered a phenomenal performance yet again in what is really like what his 13th year playing the role something like that if you count all of breaking bad too so that's just insane I cannot believe he's never been recognized for that role. Ridiculous. Such a shame. Did you see his look when he when they like announced the winner and it wasn't him? No, is it sad? Did you see his face? Yeah, and they put a super cut together of all the times where he's lost the best actor thing out of each oh, of the enemies. No. And it's just oh, so no. sad. It's so tragic. You hate how that. how could he not win a single it? one, bro? It's just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute. And the fact that, again, I mean, all those other categories, too, that it never won directing or anything like that. Writing. Writing. Oh, my God. It's absurd. Absolutely. Everybody go watch Better Call Saul. Give it, give it a second life on Netflix. Watch it. Exactly. And then at the BAFTAs, that also happened this weekend, which honestly, I kind of like. I think they should sort of reformat it. I love the way that it's just this one week or two. It's just been a nonstop onslaught of announcements and award shows and all this like let's just get them all out of the way just back to back just have that happen we got baftas and of course you know the oscar nominations are supposed to get announced next week so this is the last major precursor that's going to be announcing their nominations and per usual baftas decided to throw some curveballs in there you know the brits have their own taste and so they they shake things up Mm -hmm. Uh, not too much craziness in the best film category. We have Anatomy of the Fall, Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. So that, you know, they only have the five films that they nominate. Mm-hmm. But all of those, of course, were already going to be in the Oscar 10. So nothing crazy there. What was crazy is despite Killers of the Flower Moon being nominated in best film, it was getting snubs left and right for all the other people in there. Lily Gladstone was not nominated. Her best actress, despite there being six available slots, nor was Leonardo DiCaprio for best actor or Scorsese for director. Very interesting. Yeah, I don't know what's happening there. De Niro got in though. He got in for always does. He always sneaks in. 
So that was very odd. Saltburn did show up a lot, you know, with Barry Keoghan and Jacob Elordi, Rosamund Pike. So that was fascinating. It does have a more British bend to it. So that appears to be the reason for that. Yeah. Um, but in director, again, some more shakeups, Greta Gerwig and Celine Song also not in there, despite the six available. We have mm-hmm. Justine Trier. Alexander Payne for The Holdovers, Trier for Anatomy of Fall, Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Andrew Haidt for All of Us Strangers, Jonathan Glazer for Zone of Interest, and of course, Christopher Nolan's in there. But that's pretty fascinating since it's it deviates somewhat from what we had anticipated the Oscars race to look like without mm. Scorsese and with Gerwig especially. Um, so yeah, we'll have to see how this affects, if at all, the Oscar nominations next week. And of course, we will probably in just a new segment go over the any crazy snubs or surprises. We'll save all our official recaps and predictions and updates on the Oscar draft for later when the Oscars are actually going to happen. Because again, it's in March, like early March this year. So we have quite a bit of time until we do a full deep dive into the Oscars race and all the nominations, but how are you feeling about the race as it's shaping up so far? Not great, Not great. but <laughs> that's how I felt about the box office draft. That's and true. We'll, no we'll talk about that. We'll talk yeah, about that. We'll see. Um, box office breakdown for January 12th to the 14th. Mean Girls coming out on top with $28 million. Followed... Sort of closely, more impressively than I thought, by Jason Statham's The Beekeeper with $16.5 million. Mm-hmm. And Wonka, still once again doing incredible for itself, $8.4 million, crossing $500 million worldwide. That is crazy. Anyone But You with $7.1 million, crossing the $50 million domestic mark. Migration, Illumination's latest animation project, $6.2 million. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom just struggling here with $5.2 million. Night Swim, the first horror film of the year, four point six million. The Boys in the Boat, three point four million. The Book of Clarence flops with two point five million in its debut. And the Iron Claw still just raking in some specialty box office money, two point four million. And for the predictions for January nineteenth to the twenty first, ISS, new film apparently about the Russians and Americans in the international space system. A space station fighting it out during a uh, a conflict. Have you still not country. seen the the trailer for it? I have not. I've seen it's so funny. images now, but not America uh, and Russia are at war, <laughs> but so are their astronauts. I mean, it's, it's so a funny. great. It is a great premise. So it is, but I mean, to make it an action movie isn't as interesting as it would have been to make it like a thriller, right? For sure. I mean, yeah, it'll be hard to. I mean, how much action are you gonna be able to? pull out in a space station it'll be interesting watch to the trailer the zero there's a lot of action in it. but okay i'll be uh looking out for it so what do you think it's gonna do i know your heart at the moment is with another space related film spaceman yeah. um but what do you think the appetite is for iss nine mil max nine mil max yeah max. i agree i think it's it's sitting in the single digits because um, other than you honestly again you're the one that like put this on my radar so i've just seen the trailer so many times because it's just so <laughs> dumb looking 
So if I'm not uh, that aware of it, I don't know how many people are going to flock to it in the theaters or even know that it's coming. So yeah, I think, yeah, it's 8 million, 8 to 9 million. But let's talk now and reflect on the year past, 2023. Our third edition of the box office draft, which is crazy to say. Again, we've come a long way from where it started, where it was in that, you know, pandemic year 2021 as we were trying to come back to the theaters. We had to do that draft, I think, like halfway through the year because obviously, you know, it was barren in the beginning part. Mm-hmm. And now in 2023, we were able to have once again our third edition. The pandemic, not so much a problem anymore, but there were some other curveballs that were thrown into the mix that changed things up and continued to make it unpredictable. And uh, I think it made for a great year. Probably, again, the most surprising, shocking year that we have had. Without Epic. Doubt. Epic. <laughs> so, did, you, did you go back and re-listen to our draft episode? I did. Well, it's a bit of pieces of it. I, just because I wanted to hear some of the opinions, and particularly the stuff about a certain film that uh, was definitely able to capture the magic you were hoping for. <laughs> we we were definitely <laughs> we were looking for the Top Gun Maverick of this year. That was definitely mm-hmm. like forefront of our minds going into the draft. And uh, I gotta say, you called it. You absolutely yeah, were able to figure it out, motherfucker. <laughs> so that's ridiculous. I also there was a part at the end of the the draft episode <laughs> where we were like reflecting on it. Um, and I was like, yeah, Barbie, it could be highest grossing film of the year, 2023 could be, but obviously I was not fully believing that that could potentially be the case. And yet it was girls love Barbie, man. They sure did. I mean, all the girls all around the world. So let's whole world loves Barbie. Yeah. Let's talk about the, uh, the selections in order of when they were released so go ahead and start us off dylan you were the one that selected a film that came out that very weekend that we had the draft yeah so it? when when we did the draft i made certain rules for myself i was going to limit myself to uh i think one picked marvel movie or superhero movie in general mm-hmm. i had one I had one pick, my third pick was going to be a spinner where I put all of my potential choices on like a big spinner wheel and I spun it and whatever it landed on was what I picked. And then my last pick was going to be a wild card so long as you didn't pick it, which we'll get to. So the first movie that came out was my spinner pick. It was Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is not what I wanted it to land on. I really wanted it to land on the Little Mermaid and it didn't. And then you got the Little Mermaid the next round, I think, is what I remember having. And I was like, fuck, whatever. I'll take Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Fuck it. I don't care. Dude, it did not do good. It made $476 million worldwide. It flopped immediately. And I was like, god damn, this sucks. This sucks. Like, what a, what a shitty way to start. And I was immediately like, oh, I'm going to fucking lose this whole fucking thing. Because what happened for you next? What happened next? So the next was my film that I selected third. Uh, my third round pick was Super Mario Bros. And so this was the one that we were talking about had that Top Gun Maverick potential, mm. massive IP. We were <laughs> like, it could do so well. So many different generations. 
know about Mario, love this brand. We're getting an animated version of it. The, it'll wash out the taste of that live action one from two decades ago. So I was feeling very confident about it. And then it outperformed even my expectations, not yeah. just surpassing a billion, but getting to $1.36 billion. So I was like, hey, that is fantastic. It got my my big heavy hitter. And now it's just gravy from here on out. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy 3 came up next. It was my first round pick. Actually, the very first film that was drafted in 2023. And the reason I did that was because I was like, this is going to be a surefire hit. You know, we had sort of had the inklings that superhero films might not be as reliable this year especially after Ant-Man's underperformance. But I was confident that Guardians 3, because it was the finale to a trilogy that was very beloved and could sort of stand on its own aside from the rest of the MCU, I thought people were going to go out and uh, definitely give it some love. And they did. Again, it didn't blow expectations out of the water. It didn't crack a billion or anything like that, but it performed in line with the other Guardians films and made just under $850 million. Yep. And then following that, my next movie came out. It was Fast X, which I had expected to make like eight, maybe $900 million, and it only made seven hundred and five, which is still decent. But it's Fast really X was good, mine. honestly. Yes, for the, it is. Like for the it being, F9 was, yeah. was so bad. Yeah. And then also it made like 700 mil in the, the yeah. pandemic. So the fact that they're still it. making this kind of money is very impressive. Yeah, that is. But I needed it to do more because that was my first pick. I'm pretty sure it was Fast X. So that was like that was like the one I was relying upon. It sure, was. and it made 705. Following you already making 1.3 billion, eight eight and 850 million already on your first two movies. I'm thinking I'm fucked at this point. I'm like, dude, I am so fucking fucked. Yeah, things were looking great for me, and then I was going even higher because my films were all summer loaded pretty much. They were all coming out earlier in the year, so Little Mermaid came out next, and I had high hopes for a Disney live action musical of Little Mermaid, the first of the Disney Renaissance era. It did solid stuff, but not at all what I was hoping for it to do, but again, it was okay, you know? Other films were pulling their weight in my draft, so I'm like, I'm okay with it. 570 million, nice. That's what I needed it to do, get over 500 mil at least, and it did that. Then, then we had the first sign of trouble with The Flash. Fine. So, <laughs> so this was definitely a, a big shock, I think, to everyone of just how poorly it was, what it ended up doing. It was my last pick. Once upon a time, before it got delayed, I think because of the pandemic or other factors, uh, you had it on your roster in the previous year, but then mm -hmm. it got delayed. This year, because you had already had Ant-Man, you weren't going to end up selecting it. Um, and I foolishly thought that Michael Keaton would be a bigger draw. I thought that this being the DC equivalent to No Way Home, of bringing in some cameos and some last glimpses at the dying DCEU, getting to see potentially Henry Cavill or Gal Gadot or Ben Affleck, all these people one last time. I thought that would be a bigger draw. I thought because they had put all their eggs into this basket 
premiered it at CinemaCon. They were doing all these things. They were talking about it like it was the best thing since The Dark Knight. I'm like, this has to be a masterpiece for them to be doing all of this and supporting The Flash. It's got to be good. The cream will rise to the top. The quality will be there. Audiences will follow. Wrong. Very much wrong. It did not happen that way. It was an abysmal performance. It only got to 270 million worldwide. So immediately I was like, okay, we're flagging this one to get dropped, but I'm okay because I still got all those other heavy hitters that were doing great early in the year. Things are good. And I'm not alone in having a disappointing summer with some big IP releases. Yeah. Next one. Dude. So the flash happens and you have a bomb and I go, all right, if Barbie is like a, a sneak success, I have a chance of making, it cause I still have Aquaman on my roster. Aquaman could do decent numbers. And if Barbie is like a, a sneak surprise with you doing that bad, I have a chance. And then it was immediately followed by one of my later choices, Indiana Jones five coming out. And that movie also bombed like the flash it made 384 million and i went fuck dude are you kidding me oh my fucking god this is ridiculous then i know at this point i have to drop either indiana jones or aquaman and i already know how much indiana jones is gonna make because we can we can see the projections of where that's ending up and i have Mm -hmm. a feeling aquaman's also not gonna make a lot of money so i'm weighing the two in my head i'm like which one do I think is going to make less money? Because this is going to be a tight race. I need to really choose which one's going to make the less money here and drop it for something better. But at the same time, I don't know what I'm going to drop it for because it doesn't seem like anything else is coming out for the rest of the year that hasn't already been picked that is going to make decent money. So True. what are what are our tallies so far at this point? So a little bit over halfway through, I think with each of us having three films out, yeah, although again, The Flash was sort of the fourth, but I'm like, okay, that's getting dropped. So that was taken out of this tally of what I had so far. It was $2.7 billion. For Ryan, which that's is crazy. so massive for halfway through the year. And then compared to yours, I was like, okay, like we've had, we had a little rough patch going into the summer, but you're going to come out on top because you had over a billion to climb you had 1.5 billion so far yeah dude it was looking rough at this point absolutely and i had my film next so my tally was going to climb even higher mission possible dead reckoning which we both were really chasing after at the very beginning of the year we thought coming off of top gun maverick tom cruise fever would be at its height and that this again being follow-up to fallout would be incredible so I was hoping for a lot here, not a billion, but, you know, I was hoping for, let's get up to 800 million, maybe 900 million set a franchise record, but it did not. It struggled to get there. It was able to get 568 million, but that was another sort of disappointing underperformance. And by that time, I was extremely worried about how it was going to go because we knew Something big was on the horizon, and the certain choice you made meant that the perfect storm was going to go in your favor. People were starting to mention Barbie as being something they really wanted to see. And then I start, and then you and I made a joke way earlier in the year, way earlier in the year, that we were going to double feature Barbie and Oppenheimer. 
Mm-hmm. We were like, dude, it's going to be the best double feature. It's going to be really, really funny. We're going to do it. We're totally going to do it. It's going to be this big thing. It's going to be great. Around like May-ish, everybody started saying that. Everybody was like, we're all going to double feature this because it'll be really funny. It'll be the double feature of the century, Barbenheimer. Like mm-hmm. everybody was saying it. Every movie podcast, everybody on Instagram, everybody on Twitter, everybody was saying they were going to double feature it. And I had a sneak feeling, and the predictions were starting to back me up, that Barbie was going to make a lot of money. And if Barbie was going to make a lot of money, and everybody was going to double feature, I had a feeling that Oppenheimer was also going to make a lot of money. This is a three-hour biopic about the guy who made the atomic bomb. This is not a movie that's supposed to make a lot of money. You and I both said it's like 500, 600 max worldwide like this was not something that was going to make a lot of money and that was like max max we did not expect it to do anything i start getting the suspicious feeling that it could do way way better that it could blow things out of the water because people will double feature it that barbie will pull oppenheimer up with it which is crazy because it's not something we've ever seen before usually films are competing against each other when they drop on the same day and one buries the other one i've Mm -hmm. never seen two movies lift each other up so I swapped like that Thursday or Friday when it was coming out before any numbers came out at the last second, I texted you and I said, I'm dropping Aquaman. I made the official choice. I said, I'm going to drop Aquaman. I'm picking up Oppenheimer. Is this okay? And you said, yes. And it was a done deal. I picked up Oppenheimer. The weekend was starting. You and I went to the box. You and I went to the, the double feature. We made plans with our friends. Mm-hmm. And when we went to go see Oppenheimer, there were a ton of people in the theater. It was the it was the middle of the afternoon. We were like, "Wow, there's a lot of people here. This is yeah. It looks like it's going to be like a, a kind of a big event." We saw Oppenheimer. Theater was packed. I was feeling really good. We went to uh, go get some food for a little bit. Went back to the theater to watch Barbie. Couldn't find parking anywhere. The theater was a fucking mob of pink. There was, was people <laughs> fucking everywhere. Dude, for a month afterward, I, I work at, at Universal as my main job. And at, for a, a month, two months after, people were showing up to go to the theater. Everybody was dressed in pink. Everybody was dressed. I was seeing pink mm-hmm. everywhere. Dude, it was it was insane. I knew I had a fucking hit. I fucking knew it. It was like striking the, the pinkest bit of gold I could have found. <laughs> it was the greatest. When did you know you were fucked? At what point did you realize you were fucked? I mean, we knew in the lead up to it, like we said, I mean, the Barbenheimer jokes and whatnot were getting there. Um, mm. It was obvious that Barbie was going to be a massive hit. But it was yeah. when, like in the lead up to it, as the number, the estimates for Oppenheimer started climbing from like 40 million up to 80 million. Then uh, that's when I was like, oh, no. Because that's, we'll talk about it, but that's what really sealed the deal is I could have withstood Barbie, okay? Yep. The pink storm, we could have weathered that, but it was Oppenheimer that really clenched it. Um, and again, I, I was doubtful of how high it could go. I was like, all right, you know, the first weekend, they got the Barbenheimer craze, you know, it's all the, you know, cinephiles are going out to trying to hit up the 70 millimeter, all that, mm-hmm. but it won't be able to sustain this. It won't be able to get that high. We'll cap it out at 700 mil. And then it seemed like it was going to break through that. Okay, well, it won't go above 800 mil, certainly. Goes above that. Okay, well, it's got to stop at 900, right? I mean, there's no way. Breaks through that. 
it can't hit a billion, can it? And thankfully it did not, because <laughs> that would have been, again, just truly catastrophic. But at that point, it was already too late because it had exceeded anyone's expectations. Again, I don't know anyone who could have ever predicted what it ended up getting, which was what number? Go ahead and Oppenheimer push it made nine hundred and fifty-two million, and Barbie made one point four four billion. Absolutely insane! Both released crazy. in the same weekend and had the same window of release in theaters. That's crazy. There was just a period of time this past summer where people were going to the theater like crazy to devour both of these movies. Yeah, that was like that was like the. The biggest sense of pride I had in theaters in a long time, like the the fact that they were able to pull that shit off, mm-hmm. that theaters were able to have a they were able to have a double feature, two movies released in the same weekend to have them both do gangbusters was great. It was great to see. There was no competition there. It was just joint movie making, and it was it was honestly very enjoyable that people went and saw both. For sure, yeah, that was a pleasant surprise, um, <clears throat> and yeah, I mean we need more of that. Again, it's going to be a one-of-a-kind thing hollywood will try but i don't know that this will ever be recaptured again so that moment as well it being just such a unique film experience and you know penetrating the wider popular culture in the way that it did just great mm-hmm. to see for sure so as the uh, dust is settling on barbenheimer weekend you're starting to freak out a little bit oh for sure because it had one cut the legs down of mission impossible which mm-hmm. came out the week before and that got swallowed up by oh, Barbenheimer. Yeah. I um, bet you Mission Impossible would have done a lot better if that didn't happen. I think so too. But yeah, unfortunately, its release date got got wrecked. And again, in the beginning of the year, like you never would have expected that to be the case. You would have thought Mission Impossible would bury them. Exactly. But not so. Nope. The, the other way around. And so I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's a bit terrifying, but it's not insurmountable. I can drop the flash for another film and i will be able to come back and secure victory all is not lost because that was the end of your draft basically so that was it i we knew what the target was that it had to hit and we had the entire fall and winter slate left over right this was at the end of summer barbenheimer so we had a whole quarter of the year a whole third of the year to go and so i was like okay we can come back and so i bow down before the altar of great sci-fi cinema and selected Dune part two from Denis Villeneuve to bring me to victory, to take me through this Barbenheimer storm. And then a little funny thing happened in Hollywood. The strikes. Oh man. Not just one, but two between the writers and the actors. And so the film is done. They've already shot it. Definitely was already written. So why are the strikes affecting it, you ask? Well, it's a little bit of a star-studded cast in there. Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Josh Brolin, Christopher Walken, Florence Pugh, Austin Butler, all these people that are beloved, that you would want to see on the red carpet, that you'd want to see on the late-night talk show circuit, that you want to see in these interviews and press screenings and press events and all of that. So you can gain more traction for the film. This is the logic of Warner Brothers. They say we can't release this film unless we have the buildup that we want with our cast to leverage our cast. 
So, we will delay it. And my heart broke on that day for a variety of reasons, but a major one was because that was the hit I needed. I believed that it would be able to to overcome whatever the distance was between your films with Barbenheimer and then my tally that I had so far. But Doom 2 was out of the picture. It was gone. Mm-hmm. So then... There was a hole in your schedule. There was a hole in my schedule. What happened a as a result of that thing. hole? Backstage thing. Oh, yeah. There's a whole, a whole hoopla of when and how uh-huh. and what should uh-huh. happen with a delay such as that for a film. A, that- hoopla, a hoopla is an understatement for sure. <laughs> Let me tell you, folks. We had a dispute, a full argument in the middle of taping one of our shows. When, when we discussed in the news that Dune had got delayed... I said, okay, what are you replacing it with? And he said, I need time to figure it out. And we had a whole disagreement about whether or not he gets that time or if he needs to make a choice within the next show because there's a hole in his schedule and you can't have a hole in his schedule. Mm -hmm. And this turned into a long 40-minute recorded, (laughs) we recorded all of it, argument, also involving our friend Lillian on the line, on on the phone, who's... I hold my phone up to the microphone to include her in the recording of this argument. I still have it. It still exists. It will never see the light of day. But Maybe I one have... Day. One day we can do, uh, who knows, for some special event or something, we can drop the uh, the argument tapes. But Dude, it was... so long. It was wild, it's a, yeah. It's very fun to listen to, but oh my God, you and I went back and forth a lot. And Lillian was there on the line. Trying to field things, bro. It was a whole thing. But anyway, what did we settle as the official rule entered into the rule book about if there's a hole in your schedule? So what we came to, I think, was three weeks. Three weeks. Of, yeah, a time to try and figure out what the, the next entrant would be into your roster. Which is funny because we definitely I didn't select it until, I think, six weeks later or something like that. Just because no, you were on the show was, for a couple of weeks yeah. or things there was like stuff that going on, yeah, yeah, you, you, like it, you got some extra time in there. It didn't matter anyway, which is why it was funny because that fight was ultimately pointless because of that because we didn't follow that rule, and then also because it's still an established it rule matter. that I will hold up in the future, regardless of who it happens to. We've established this rule. You were given, you were allotted extra time due to unforeseen circumstances. Great, this is a special case. So didn't matter anyway in the end because the selection that i ended up making because there were a few options you know taylor swift was coming out that was getting a whole lot of buzz but ultimately you know didn't do anything too too crazy what was the, what was the number you had to hit to uh, 600 million dude what did you Minimum think and 650 to guarantee it and so there were a few options again there was swift there was marvel's there was Wish, there was Aquaman was now back on the table since you had relinquished it. There was a Wonka. So there were a few different options that were available. And I ended up going with Wish because I thought Disney Animation, 100th anniversary, surely they got something good cooked up. <laughs> they have to, right? And then potentially it could have you know a frozen 
type breakout moment with the hit song goes viral on TikTok that can feed into it. Holiday season, not too much. Family films are coming out. There was the Trolls film, but it's like Wish should be able to hold that off. It's as, if it's a true sensation, it's got to come through. It's got to do well. This is my hope. I mean, this is what I need to have happen in order to stay in the game, number one, but then also to clinch it, to get victory. And I was, I was hoping for a lot. One could say I was wishing for a miracle. And did Disney deliver? Absolutely not. <laughs> it screwed me so bad. It made $181 million. This was all as Terrible. of January 7th, but it's not even in theaters anymore. So it probably is exactly what it's at still. $181 million. Abysmal. What a, what a disaster, man. That's fucked. How tragic. So at the uh, end of the year, where we're at now, we can go over the final tally, the final gross, all added up. Mm-hmm. I had a very impressive $3.5 billion. Nice. A great amount. Nothing to sneeze at. But Dylan, with the strength of Barbenheimer behind you, what were you able to get? I had just shy of $4 billion, which I believe may be my highest total to date. Yeah, we'll talk about the uh, the stats in the moment here. But that means the difference, the final difference, what it ended up being was $433 million. Which was close. It was indeed very, very close. Very close. So, Dylan, it is official. You know, we've known for quite some time now, but now we can fully say that in the third year of the box office draft, you have claimed victory. Finally, the winner. Oh my god, dude! I'm so honored. I just got to say that <laughs> when we started doing these drafts, this draft and the Oscars draft, I didn't think I was going to be coming out on top a lot. You got a lot of you got a lot of preparedness to your game. You got a lot of uh, a lot of thought into what your choices are going to be. You're a hard component, Ryan. It's hard to beat you out there, but uh, uh, I put I put my my best work out there. I had a great team behind me. Uh, I did what I could. You know, we played a good game and. Uh, I think the results speak for themselves. You know, we went out there, we went out, we did what we could, played the game, played hard, played fast, and uh, this is this is just what we get. You know, this is this is this is God gracing me for for everything that I've given to this game, everything that I've given up. This is it. This is this is this is what I've had coming. This is the good graces of God blessing me. Thank you, thank you, bless everyone. Thank you. Wow, incredible! Congratulations. In all seriousness, no. In all seriousness. We have been doing this draft for three years and the Oscar draft for two, I believe. And um, the first three drafts we did, the first two box office drafts and the first Oscar draft, three in a row, you won. And dude, I was just, I was starting to not feel it anymore. I was like, this is not (laughs) fun. He's just going to win every goddamn time. It's going to piss me off every goddamn time. I don't want to do this anymore. And then last year we did our oscar draft and i surprisingly won it was like a it was close i thought i might not make it but i did well yeah it was because of uh, you had everything everywhere well 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 when we did the picks when we did the the picks i thought it was going to be closer than it was but then everything everywhere at once had the sweep 
and it felt great and it was awesome. And I was like, wow, I guess, you know, I won one out of the four we've done so far. It feels good. Then we did the box office draft, the actual draft episode, like a week or two later. And we did, we, we looked at the rosters at the end of the episode and I, I think on air I went, I'm fucked. Dude, like, midway through, you were like, I'm not feeling good about this. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> like, it sucks. It was hilarious. It was so bad. Dude, my picks were atrocious. I was like, this is not going to be a winner. This game sucks. Like every time we do the box office draft, you you just slaughter me every fucking time. This game fucking sucks. Like I have like a chance with the Oscar draft every year, but you you come forward with such a preparedness that I just don't bring to it, and I just lose so often. I was like, God, this doing these drafts is terrible. Like to to if you were to win this box office draft, you would have won four out of our five drafts at this point, and I would have just been un like like just totally depressed. Like it would not be fun anymore. Mm-hmm. But I, I came out, and what a whirlwind year! I mean, my God, I did not it was think truly crazy. Again, like I, I was so happy with my slate. I got pretty much everything that I wanted, and then with yours as well, I was like, yeah, that stuff doesn't seem strong. I was like, ooh, Aquaman, I don't think so. that's going to deliver. Indiana Jones won't deliver. I was a doubter. Well, I knew Ant Man also wasn't going to be able to come through in the big way, um, and I, I was a big doubter for Barbie. Again, I was like, you know what? Like 500 mil, maybe it is able to get there. But I was like, ain't no way that's going to be the gem of this year and pull off a Taka Maverick type of performance. What did I say in the episode in defense of Barbie? What was what was my exact quote? You, well, there's a quote that I know you're like, I guarantee the quality of this. You were like, I know it's going to be great. I'm guaranteeing the quality of it. Um, and then you were just saying, I don't know, you didn't, you were like, people I think will come out for it again you weren't saying it was gonna be like billion i think i tried to get you to be like so what do you think it'll get and you're like i don't know i just think i think it could be great it could on my little sheet on the sheet that i do i always put what i think it's gonna make and the reason i didn't say anything is because on the sheet i put like one billion and i was like i can't say this is so embarrassing i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm not gonna call i should have i was just so I i was like there's no way I truly like. There's no way Barbie's gonna make a billion. Even though I put it, I like wrote it down. I was like, Barbie could make a billion. Barbie could be the top of Maverick. And then I was like, that's so embarrassing because I'm gonna be so fucking wrong. I'm gonna say Barbie's gonna make a billion, and then it's gonna end up making like 300 million. I'm gonna be embarrassed. Like how silly. Now I'm embarrassed that I said only a billion. I should have <laughs> said one and a half. That's crazy, dude. Oh, what a whirlwind. What an absolute whirlwind of a year. Like we got halfway through the year, and then our emotions just flipped. Dude, I was I was knocking my head for six months, being like, "I'm fucked, I'm fucking fucked. <laughs> this shit sucks. Yeah. I'm not gonna make any money. This is this is I'm so far behind. I'm a billion dollars behind. I'm over a billion dollars behind. This is dog shit. I'm never mm-hmm. gonna catch up." And then Barbenheimer weekend happens. It goes, whoosh, just flips, and you're like, "I'm fucked. I'm fucked. How am I gonna beat Barbenheimer? I gotta find something real quick to take over for the Flash. I'm fucked for sure." Oh my yeah. god! And dude. the saddest part—I mean, we'll never know. Like, if things would have stayed their usual course, and Dune would have come yeah, out, yeah, Dune, Dune could have made it the six hundred million. Done it, that you yeah. Needed. So again, we'll never know because now March is like a different slot. It's it's different circumstances. Yeah. But I don't know. I'll be curious to see how that one ends up performing and whether or not it would have been the make or break. But absolutely a great, I got blessed, great box office year. Um, so many surprises. The it's gonna be fun to go back. Like if people go through 
the old episodes and they listen to the bits and pieces of the box office breakdown where we talk about the films, you'll definitely be able to hear that like fliff in emotions of you just being so in Barbenheimer despondent we and tragic. Just, and then yeah. Barbenheimer, yeah, where you just come I alive. I become immediately like, oh. cocky. I become <laughs> yeah. immediately a sore winner. I go, you're fucked. Dude, you're so fucked. I just came out of the woodwork. This was my plan all along. You're fucked, bro. My cockiness just comes out for the rest of the year. It still yeah. hasn't gone away. I'm riding a high right now. That is crazy. When we do <laughs> the box office draft for that's it's gonna happen. To, it's gonna happen the same thing again this year. We're gonna do the 2024 box office drafts, and then I'm gonna pick a shit roster. I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> I'm fucked. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. That'll be fun to do in a few weeks. I want to make but... even more rules for myself. I want to make it even stricter. It worked last time. It did. I would say maybe go for your same rules. I don't know about making it even crazier on yourself. But every hey, single, you, every choice I make is off the spinner wheel. Every, <laughs> every single choice is randomized. You're the defending champion, though, so you can do what you want. You might be able to get away, get away with it and perhaps get a second victory in a row. But we shall see. Let's talk about some fun facts for the draft. So with Aquaman and Oppenheimer, like I said, that was the key decision. Because if you had kept Aquaman, and it gets to 400 million. Right now it's at like 378 million. Say it did get to 400 million. Your tally would have been 3.4 billion. Just shy of yours. So just shy of mine. So I would have been able to win had you not switched out for Oppenheimer. Man. Sad. So that, It's that crazy been- that you swapped the Flash for Wish and then did even worse. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, that would happen. That's really tragic. (laughs) That's really tragic. So again, ultimately that doesn't, uh, you know. I've never seen a swap happen where the swap results in a worse pick. (laughs) That's tragic. I didn't even think about that until now. Truly tragic. Um, Should have been Wonka, bro. Here's the thing, though. No film would have been enough for me to overcome the difference. No film that came out would have won. At least you would have closed the gap a bit. Wonka is the highest grossing. So it was a few weeks ago when I did it, it was 400 million. Now it's at 500 million. So it would have definitely closed the gap, but still wouldn't have been enough to defeat you, which is insane. No film was able to get over 600 million since Barbenheimer released. That's crazy. Yeah. That's true. Well, (laughs) that's theaters getting, uh, getting that treatment because we needed a big hit and just nothing has come out and again 600 million like that shouldn't be that difficult for a film to hit in a four month span especially including the holiday season but it was so again i was just completely out of luck nothing i would have chosen would have ended up working out which honestly i think that would have been better than had like if wonka had gotten 700 million and i didn't pick it i would have been so upset i would have been pissed Mm -hmm. so the fact that no film like there's no way i would have been able to no matter what i picked that is at least somewhat of a uh a nice nice bit of comfort yeah. it wasn't me it wasn't my pick it was just all films doing very poorly and people just not going to the theaters so that's uh-huh sure ryan say what you want to say sure i mean those are just the facts okay that one wasn't a very fun one but it was a fact our next fun fact the draft winner has had the highest grossing film of the year in their roster three times in a row. 
So that's the first key. year was Spider Man for you. Next year mm-hmm. was Avatar for you, and then this year was Barbie for me. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you would think in a in a game where we're trying to get the highest grossing box office numbers, the one who has the highest grossing box office number of the year is more inclined to win. It's true, but you're not picking the highest grossing film. You're picking a, a roster of the highest amount. So it could have been that you know someone gets the highest. I want to see that happen. That would be interesting. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how long this uh, little streak continues. Because next but... year, I've looked at the movies coming out in 2024, and there's no like heavy hitters. Like as far as I can tell, I mean they're there. I just don't know what they are. Like it's not as obvious as it has been in the past. Yeah, it's the same year as uh, or same sort of thing as this one, where there wasn't like a clear obvious. This will be the number one. Film. I knew Barbie was gonna be a hit. Get the you fuck didn't know out! It of would here. be the number one film. You didn't. Oh, didn't I? Oh, did not. Did not. Like, when I brought it up, I was like, ha, that'd be funny. And you were like, that would be hilarious. It, it, well, you said it'd be epic. I think you're like, that'd be epic. And it was because it ended up paying off for you. So, oh, didn't die. The uh, smallest difference between the two tallies so far, which is continuing the trend. So each year, the difference between us has gone smaller and smaller. So we'll see if next year it becomes an even closer race. Dude, I'm wrong. I pulled up my old list from the 2023 box office draft picks. I put Barbie as 500 million. I did not think it was going to make 500 million. Yeah, it was like I would be. I put Aquaman two one billion. (laughs) You chose that second. I think that was your second pick. Yeah, it was up there because I had the one billion ones I had were Little Mermaid, Mission Impossible, which is crazy. I put Mission Impossible one billion. I put one billion for sure. For sure. <laughs> yes. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, 1 billion maybe. Super Mario Bros. 1 billion. And then Aquaman 2, 1 billion. So those were up there on my list of movies I wanted to pick. So the order I was going to pick them in was Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Super Mario Bros., Fast X, Aquaman 2, Ant-Man, Indiana Jones, Guardians 3, Little Mermaid, Transformers, Rise of the Beasts, The Marvels, and then my 11 through 13 like maybe picks were Barbie, Dune 2, and John Wick. <laughs> Which is crazy, because Barbie should have been way up there, man. Oppenheimer wasn't even listed, dude. I know, yeah, mine wasn't, because I, I, it's Christopher Nolan. I mean, you know it's going to do well, but I was like, there have to be such big performers elsewhere. But this was just overall, like, so many films just surprisingly disappointed or underperformed. Like, I think Guardians, again, is the only one that was like, this is yeah, where it'll and get I, it. And then Fast X as well. Those are the only ones where it's like, That'll hit this amount, and then it does. And it doesn't go crazy overboard or crazy under it. So, yeah. And then I wrote my game plan. If I won the coin toss, my game plan was Mission Impossible and Super Mario Bros. And then a random pick, because that was my rule. I had to do a random pick on the third pick. Then the next one was going to be the highest superhero movie that was still available. And then my last pick was Barbie. It just says Barbie. (laughs) And I remember now, when we did the pick... I was feeling iffy about Mission Impossible all of a sudden, so I picked Fast X at the last second because you had done. What Guardians. was your first pick? Because you won the coin toss. You won the coin toss and you got Guardians, and then I went. Mm, can't do Mission Impossible. I'll do Fast X, and then you immediately took Super Mario Bros. And I was like, "Fuck!" That well, I sucks. took it, it was Guardians. Then you had Fast X, and I picked Mission Impossible, and then you picked Aquaman two, and then I picked Mario. Oh, that's right. You picked Mission Impossible, which was going to be my next choice because it was high up on my list. 
and I didn't know what to do, I should have picked Super Mario Bros. That would have been crazy. That would have been a absolute like a funeral for Slaughter. me. Slaughter. If you had Mario, I wouldn't have even needed to swap Anna. anything. I wouldn't. I could have. I could have just existed on, dude. Goddamn. I wouldn't have even had to swap for Oppenheimer. I would have been so confident after Super Mario Bros. made $1.3 billion, I would have touched nothing. I would have just walked away. And then I would have won because I would have had Barbie too. Right. I would have let Indiana Jones bomb. I would have let Fast X do mid. I would have I would have let Aquaman 2 bomb. wouldn't even matter to me. For sure. So, yeah, we will see next year if it will be a trouncing or if it will be another close race. Um, I think as far as the close. combined roster totals... 2021 again with the you know, whole pandemic thing so everything was uh not to its normal self it had 5.3 billion that was the com- combination between your total and mine 2022 had 8.46 billion and 2023 comes in at 7.48 billion so yeah 2022 was the highest cumulative grossing definitely brought up by avatar um, but this one is really good i mean it's only just about yeah, a billion under so very solid. Yep. And this year we had two billion dollar films, same as last year. Your Super Mario Bros. and my, my and Barbie. Mm-hmm. There were. What was the other one for last year? It was uh, it was yeah, Avatar Jurassic what? World. Right. I can't believe they made a billion fucking dollars. Just barely, like it squeezed Insane. right across it. Uh, it's still four, a billion dollars, which is crazy. It is four films grossed over seven hundred fifty million, which is a noticeable uh, decrease from last year where seven films got over 750 million we have a lot of mid-tier films this year a lot yeah. of 500 to 600 million exactly three of our films grossed below 500 million which was the same amount as last year mm-hmm. we need to pick better movies man i mean we'll look in a second here but there weren't many other options we did really well with choosing what the hits ultimately were both rosters. I guess they're looking at that Chinese box office, bro. Get some of those Chinese films. Yeah, we're not allowed. Uh, both rosters in order of highest gross. So, Dylan, lead us off. Barbie. Followed by Mario. And Oppenheimer. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Fast X. The Little Mermaid. Followed by Mission Impossible. Right behind it. Followed by Ant-Man, Quantumania, and Indiana Jones 5. And then in fifth place, a distant, well, I guess 10th place overall, but for my roster, a distant fifth was Wish. Tragic. It would have been The Flash Tragic. either way. Uh, so, yeah, that was a, a very cursed selection spot. Yep. Um, but, yeah, in terms of the overall worldwide box office for 2023, so we're going to go through our top Again, the top 10 of the year, including those Chinese films. So once again, Dylan, read off your number one. Barbie with $1.44 billion. <laughs> Super Mario Bros. with $1.36 billion. Oppenheimer with $952 million. Guardians Volume 3 with $845 million. Fast X with $704 million. Across the Spider-Verse, this is the one that got away, $690 million. I'm surprised it made that much. That's crazy to me. Full River Red, which I'm assuming is a Chinese film, made $673 million. Another Chinese film, The Wandering Earth, two, $604 million. The Little Mermaid, $570 million. And then rounding out the top 10 was Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning with $568 million. 
And coming in just past the top 10 in the 11th spot was Elemental with 496 million. And then Quantumania with 476 million. So that would round out the top 10 if we subtracted the Chinese films. So mm-hmm. once again, that would mean like seven of our films were in the top 10. So that was the same as last year. Again, it was just mm-hmm. across the Spider-Verse and then two Chinese films that weren't uh, in our rosters. Again, two of those weren't eligible. And if we were to subtract the Chinese films of that remaining top 10, eight would be in because then Quantumania would be in. So again, eight of the top 10 films that we were able to pick from, we had in the top 10. So Bro, we missed out on Across the Spider-Verse. What a... What, we a, did. what a sad thing. It was the funny thing was around the time when it was coming out, I was considering dropping Little Mermaid for it. So again, ultimately it would have screwed me because I needed to drop the flash in favor of it. But had I done that, had I dropped the flash for Cross the Spider Verse, you would, I would have, won. have won. Damn. That would have been the crazy move. It would have been. That would have been close too. That would have been like a ten, fifteen million dollar difference between us. Which is insane. For sure. Insanely <laughs> close. I would have been pissed if you beat me by $10 million. <laughs> I would have started a, a campaign to get everybody to go see Oppenheimer to push it past <laughs> a billion just to beat your ass. Guys, come what, on. It's almost there. Let's go watch it. It's back that's in what theaters. I was hoping for with Dune. I was like, it would be the best thing ever if it like just barely beats your total. <laughs> so you would have had Barbenheimer. You would have had your big high with that. You would have gotten all cocky. And then losing by just a smidgen, I would have been like, oh. And to Dune. God. Amazing. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. So Successful those are, Yeah, that's our look back at 2023, the box office. Again, wild year. A very fun iteration of the draft. Yeah. Good stuff. You looking forward to 2024? I sure am. Once again, I think it'll be another year of... No crazy, crazy heavy hitters, and then a lot of like mid. I'll find the Barbie of this performances. Year. Maybe, maybe I'll you can. I'm definitely. I gotta admit, I'm definitely trying to search for that. I'm trying to be like, there's got to be one in here that's gonna be. Surprising. I'm always on the hunt for the what Top Gun be? or the Barbie of the Year. I'm gonna find it. I got the. I get the the nose for it. Sniffing for it. <laughs> you got it once, it. and you said it was gonna be 500 million. So can't give you too much credit <laughs> for that. Had you said like, oh, it'll be a billion and it will be the Top Gun Maverick, then, then you, I'd give you the credit for that. But um, did I really? Well, well, that was the thing. Is is it was my wild card pick because I put, I was like, it's probably gonna make five hundred million, but a little bit of me thinks it could make a shit ton of money like Top Gun Maverick. So I'm gonna make it my wild card pick because ain't no way Ryan would ever pick Barbie. Like I knew you were not gonna pick Barbie. It was not even on your radar. I was like, he's not gonna pick it. If I was smart, I wouldn't pick it. I'm going to pick it. I'm going to, because it could make a lot of money. It'll be my wild card. That's funny. Um, yeah, let me go up and see what. I'm going to start making more dumb calls. I'll start winning more. <laughs> Apparently, you just got to psych yourself out, and it'll be the uh, the way to do it. Yeah, it, uh, it wasn't on my list of like, here are the selections. Like when I narrow it down to the, 13 or so because i have like my list and then i have like some of the alt picks in case something goes crazy mm-hmm. but yeah i had the wild card backup as oh i have my five wild card backups and i have at the end of it oppenheimer and then barbie 
<laughs> so I even believe still that Christopher Nolan is going to come out on top over Barbie. Crazy. I'm going to start yeah. looking at movies coming out this year. Start picking, making my, making my list. Things I want to see. For it's sure. Epic. I'm excited. I still have my 2022 box office draft picks list. That's so funny. I have them too. I mean, yeah, I have all the the old docs. I said the Batman over a billion, Avatar 2 over a billion, Jurassic World over a billion, Multiverse of Madness over a billion. It was close. It did. Yeah, quite close. I said Lightyear 800 million. That's crazy. Dude, me too. (laughs) And that screwed (laughs) me so bad. Ugh. So again, that one ultimately didn't end up mattering, but yeah, fuck your Avatar, bro. Yeah. I think Avatar, we shouldn't be able to vote for any more Avatar movies in the future. It's just too much of a deal breaker. Like, anybody who picks Avatar is just going to But it's win. not, though. You, it could have underperformed. You could know. I was the big Avatar believer. I said $1.5 billion floor now that making crazy money. Now that we know, any more Avatar movies. Yeah, but I always knew. Make. Okay, I believed in it. So Now again, that we know I it's going to make $2 billion every single time one drops, it's just not fair. <laughs> it might not, though. You never know if it, it falls Dude. apart. People Dude. don't end up wanting to see it, but hey, it's I'm gonna, gonna make. Believe. It's been it's been twelve years since the last one, and it made two billion dollars. Do you think the three year difference between Avatar two and Avatar three coming out is gonna make people go? Oh, I don't think we're gonna see this one. <laughs> Everybody's gonna go. See I don't it. think so. I'm just saying it's it's a possibility, but obviously, I want to be able to still choose Avatar. It'd be really funny if you picked Avatar three in the year that it comes out, and then it makes like six hundred million. <laughs> yeah. just, it fun. just bombs. Your whole game plan was you have four duds after it because your whole game plan was just <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Avatar three and then just dominate with it, right? Yeah, we will uh, we will see when that comes around. But again, I think I kill I kill you with have Barbie some time. Too. We have some time. That would be hilarious. The Ken spinoff. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we have some time though before the next Avatar rolls around. Like again, 2024 is gonna be an interesting year because again, no like obvious heavy hitters um, and superhero films are on the downturn so we'll have to see about that and then 2025 i think is when it's currently scheduled but i mean we know james cameron he's been singing the same tune for decades now it could definitely get delayed yet again so we will see it's supposed to come out 2024 and didn't it get delayed to 2025 yeah bummer bummer james cameron <laughs> so we'll see how that goes but either way it'll be an exciting 2024 we'll see if it'll be able to match the craziness of 2023. I'm going to put an insane amount of planning into it this year because I got to I'm going to lose the Oscar draft. I'm I'm pretty confident. I yeah. I I need to win the box office draft again two years in a row. I got to If I can hold on to the I think that's the thing that would annoy you the most is if I keep winning the box office draft, I think that would drive you insane. I think you care much more about that than the Oscar draft. As no, a competitor. I care about spirit. both of them. I like them a lot. I think I think you want to win the box office draft, though. I think you put in so much effort into planning out your picks and to doing your predictions, and you, you're the one who's obsessed with the box office numbers. You care so much about them. I think if I beat you at the box office draft over and over again, I will wear you down, and you'll just start crying. Uh, don't think that'll happen for two I reasons. think it'll happen. First of all, no, it's not that serious. But secondly... You will be defeated next year. Oh yeah, you think so? Yeah. Yes. Uh, that, you'll be turned to a dust, my brother. You'll be destroyed. I don't know, man. Last year I was coming in half cocked. This year's gonna be full cocked just for you. <laughs> Why would you say? 
we will see. All right. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Even though, again, this year didn't go my way. I think it's just so like the complete turnaround from the draft to the results show, like the difference in your excitement level and the demeanor. It's just too good. That's what I love about it. So I'm hoping for anything. If I don't get victory, I want, you know, like a good show. Yeah, I'm a I'm definitely like a sad loser, but I am a sore fucking winner. <laughs> when I'm winning, I'm winning. I'm on a high, baby. I'm rolling with it. For sure. I don't think I don't think I'm gonna win the Oscar draft. God damn it. You will not. That'll be a fun show when we uh do the results for that. We gotta do yeah. an Oscar watch party this year. Yes. Then so we like can last see my, year, my live reaction. It goes my way and an Oppenheimer sweep happens. You can look at me very sadly and be like, God dang it. Dude, and everything everywhere all at once was sweeping last year. Oh my god, what a great watch party! It was. Which, a, when Jamie Lee Curtis won, oh, that was the best moment of the whole. I mean, that night. was a bit absurd. Again, I'm cheering for everything everywhere for all the other awards, but that one was of like, course. Right. No, dude, I was so happy. All of you went what, and I went yes. <laughs> I fucking knew it. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll, uh, I knew she was going to win, bro. I knew she was going to win. I'm just we'll too smart. Goes. Too big-brained. But for keep the people keeping track at the moment, so I have two box office drafts and one Oscar draft under my belt, and you have one Oscar draft and one box office draft under your belt. Two to three. Apparently, two to three. you have the streak. You've won two in a row. And we will see Fuck if yeah. that'll be broken. That's crazy. Most you won three in a That's crazy. You won three in a row, and then I won two in a row. There's never been a back and forth with a exactly. win. When there's one win, there is a, an undoubtedly a win to follow. That's why I'm hoping 2024 box office draft. Things are looking good, historically mm-hmm. speaking, with that trend. So Uh-oh. I'm hoping to retake the box office crown. It's getting cocky. I have my mm-hmm. 2023 sweep. He wants his 2024 sweep. Yes, sir. That's getting true. Cocky. Yeah, that's crazy. The uh, yeah, you owned 2023. Yes, I did. And now it is my turn to take back all the victories for 2024. But yeah, we will we will be having many many shows ahead that deal with that. So stay tuned. Yes, indeed. That is all the time we have. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show, you can email us at theboxofficeshowpod at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is "Sundown" by Joseph McDade. If you like the show, please give us five stars on whatever podcast app you're listening to, and be sure to tune in next week. Have a great rest of your day.